Welcome to the Soul Sessions Podcast. Deep dive into the causes and real issues underlying addiction, codependency, emotional eating, weight concerns, and the trance of unworthiness. Tune in weekly to befriend, nourish, and heal body, feelings, mind, and soul. And now, your host, soul-centered psychotherapist, trauma expert, and mind-body eating coach, Jody Gale. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Soul Sessions with Jodie Gale podcast. This episode is proudly sponsored by my Facebook group for women, Trauma Warriors. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which my office is based and across which we virtually meet and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to all First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening to this podcast. So a while ago, I was interviewed about the mother-daughter relationship for the Final Clear Australian magazine. And this episode was originally a blog post that I wrote in response to that interview. So it's without a doubt the most popular article on my website. And there's a reason for that. The mother-daughter relationship is rarely talked about in this way, except for in therapy circles. And when women do end up about the troubles they experience, with their mothers, they're often met with, how can you say that about your mother? So talking negatively about mother has been extremely taboo and and judged highly. So I'm going to share the interview with you here. And at the end, we'll talk a little bit about some movie therapy, mother-daughter movie therapy there. Okay. So the first one is the interviewer. Tell me about the importance of a strong mother-daughter relationship and why the daughter needs this as she reaches adulthood. So to achieve and maintain healthy relationships with self and others, we need to have internalised what we call really an accepting, unconditionally loving, nurturing and nourishing mother so that we can relate from and care for ourselves in this way. That doesn't necessarily just mean mother, it can mean caregiver and it it could also mean father. But just for this article, we're talking about mother-daughters, so we'll stick with mother. If we haven't, for whatever reason, internalised a nurturing mother, we can get caught in a cycle of searching outside ourselves for others to meet our needs and to affirm our worth in the world. So for most, our relationship with mother is often our first and primary attachment relationship. It's a barometer for all future relationships with self, family, friends, colleagues, partners and others, and then our children. So we're born into her world and this helps to shape our sense of self-identity our feelings, needs and desires and whether they're acceptable or not, our self-esteem, self-worth and self-confidence, our experience of our body, femininity, power and sexuality, our capacity for nourishment and self-care, our social roles as girls and women and how much space we can take up in the world. So, for example, we often use our bodies, fat or thin, to reflect this. If mother has worked at resolving her own trauma history and identity issues, it's far easier for her to foster the daughter's separation, autonomy and healthy sense of self. So a strong sense of self-identity is essential as we move into young adulthood. So number two, what are the negative effects of a strained mother-daughter relationship for a young woman? So we know that the strains in the relationship with mother throughout childhood and beyond are major contributing factors to our physical, emotional, psychological and spiritual health and well-being. And Sue Gerhardt in Why Love Matters says that symptoms may include addiction, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, poor relationships, a lack of self-worth, as well as numerous other concerns. So some of the negative effects that we may experience are extremely high and unreal expectations of ourselves. 
and this may have come from mother's unlived dreams that she has projected onto us. Tyrannised by a harsh inner critic, so mothers often think they're protecting, helping or teaching through being controlling or critical. It's a great idea, but wrong intervention. A lack of self-acceptance, self-esteem, self-compassion and self-confidence. So mother, due to her own trauma history, often lacks these and hasn't, for whatever reason, been able to mirror these qualities to us. We give more than we're able to receive through caretaking, rescuing or pleasing others. And we learn this through watching mother act in this way, often as a way of getting her needs met. We do too much because we believe this is the only way to get our needs met. So mother may be over-identified with her masculine qualities, so the doing aspects of, the, of our being, rather than having a healthy balance between masculine and feminine. So that's a, a balance between doing and being. We're increasingly angry because we don't know how to meet our own needs or how to ask for what we need in relationships. We're unable to express our anger in a healthy and assertive way because as a child, it was safer to squash our anger and turn it inwards rather than being um, risk being abandoned by other and mother. So this becomes a lifelong pattern whereby other people's needs are put before our own. We've watched mother disown her anger for the same reason. We believe at the core that we are flawed and not good enough and search outside ourselves to have safety, love and worth needs met. So just think Instagram updates and likes or searching in diets and magazines to find out who we are. This can be a result of narcissistic wounding, so not being seen and heard by mother as a separate individual being. We downplay our beauty, intelligence, gifts, light and achievements because we fear betraying mother, who is more than likely repressing her own sublime. And I wrote an article called Repression of the Sublime, and I will link to that in the show notes. So if you go through to the link at the end, you can find that there. So as a psychotherapist for the last 20 years, I've witnessed the journey of many young women who entered therapy because of symptoms such as eating disorders or perhaps relationship problems. And of course, we work on the symptom relief, but a huge chunk of the therapy is actually spent separating psychologically from mother and also father as well as other internalised imagos. So it's, this isn't just about mother, it's about other primary caregivers also. So this can be long-term and painful work as the daughter begins to wonder, who am I if I am not my mother? Who am I if I'm not who my mother told me I am? And it's grief work because it means letting go of the false identities that we've been living out as well as coming to the realisation that we can't change mother into the kind of person we long for. It means accepting her as she is. It means growing up and remothering ourselves in a loving and nurturing way. And in Jungian psychology, it means getting in touch with and owning the feminine aspects of the soul and psyche, so the mothering qualities. Uh, so number three, how common is the breakdown of a mother-daughter relationship? So Look, I've got to say, almost every person I've seen in therapy for the last 20 years has had an extremely complex relationship with their mother. So it's not uncommon for the relationship to break down and then often it does heal and transform over time. So uh, some get stuck at breakdown, but my experience, I think, especially people who are in therapy working through this stuff, they do tend, it does tend to heal and transform over time, but not always. So number four, what are some of the reasons why this may have happened, so the breakdown of the relationship? The most problematic mother-daughter relationship are for those who grow up with a mother who suffers with narcissistic wounding 
and who therefore parents with narcissistic tendencies. So if the mother has herself not been seen or heard and her own dependency, safety, love, worth, self-actualization, self-realization needs have not been met, she might be neglectful of the daughter's needs. She might lack empathy and feel resentful, anger or rage at having to meet the needs of the daughter. She might have unrealistic expectations of the daughter. She might be controlling rather than supportive. She might overcompensate by parenting in a smothering way. She might show her daughter off like a pretty little doll to gain attention and praise from others. She might use the daughter to emotionally dump on and to be her confidant. That is really common in where there's conflict with the parents and separation and divorce. So she might seek validation through her daughter's successes. She might be jealous and envious of her daughter's youth and beauty. And um, I remember watching Oprah once when Goldie Horn was on there and she spoke of this because she said the day she crossed the street and um, some young hot bloke looked at Kate Hudson, who was her daughter, and not her, and she talked about just how painful that was. Lucky enough, she was conscious around that, I think, to do the work. So in the few examples given above, it's more about the mother's needs than the daughter's. So this can be highly toxic to the daughter's sense of self. And child psychoanalyst Donald Winnicott says or said, the mother gazes at the baby in her arms and the baby gazes at her mother's face and finds herself therein, provided that the mother is really looking at the unique, small, helpless being and not projecting her own expectations, fears, and plans for the child. In that case, the child would find would not find herself in her mother's face, but rather the mother's own projections. This child would remain without a mirror and for the rest of her life would be seeking this mirror in vain. So we all long for our mother to meet us emotionally, but the mother who suffers with narcissism is incapable of doing so. These patterns of being and behaviour often follow through into our adulthood. We all long for our mother to meet us emotionally, but the mother who suffers with narcissism is incapable of doing so. We learned at an early age adaptive and creative ways of getting our needs met through pleasing, rebelling, academic achievements, becoming the sick child, and so on. These patterns of being and behaviour often follow through into adulthood. So number five, what are my top tips to help heal from a difficult mother-daughter relationship? Okay. Look, I think it's a lot more complex than these, but as a roundup, I hope this will do. So um, I'm going to start with healing the relationship first, although I probably should have done it the other way around, but nevertheless. So healing the, the relationship. Like all relationships, both parties have a responsibility to work on themselves individually as well as on the relationship. So if the relationship is strained and both wish to continue to have a relationship with each other, continue to spend time doing something you both enjoy and set boundaries around rehashing old stuff. So build a new relationship with each other. This becomes easier when we accept the other for who they are. That doesn't always mean we have to like what the other person is doing or like the other person, but it means we need to accept it at some level. If the relationship is highly toxic for the mother or daughter, I recommend seeing a very experienced family or couples therapist, at very least a mediator to help you move forward. If one or the other isn't willing to participate in the therapy, it's not uncommon enough for there to be a period of estrangement. So that's typically when this happens. 
This usually allows the dory to separate and individuate, and while sometimes necessary, it can be a really painful process for both mother and daughter. And look, it's painful for the daughter when she makes that choice, but with mothers who have suffered narcissistic wound, they can't see what they've done wrong. So it often comes as a shock to them when the daughter says, I don't want to be in a relationship with you anymore because they think they've been the perfect mother. So there's a real mismatch going on there. Okay, so healing for mother. So when you are concerned for your daughter, show vulnerability, concern and empathy rather than criticism. This builds connection rather than disconnection. If your daughter is in therapy and wants to discuss your relationship, don't be defensive. This deepens her wounds. Practice listening and ask her what she needs from you. Value and encourage your daughter's independence, autonomy and sense of self, always. Work on remothering yourself, building your own sense of self-worth and learn how to meet your needs in a healthy way rather than relying on your daughter to meet your needs. I think this is the most crucial. If you're having trouble with your daughter and she's estranged from you, go to your own therapy and find a therapist that's going to help you work through your own narcissistic wound, not a therapist who is going to mamby-pamby you and tell you how sad it is that your daughter isn't talking to you. I mean, you need that too, but you need a therapist that's really going to challenge your end of the deal there. So healing for daughter. Take as much time as you need to get to know yourself fully. Who are you separate from your mother? Find a good psychotherapist to help you explore your complex and developmental trauma history. You will internalise the loving, accepting and compassionate therapeutic relationship and this can help you heal. I think things like CBT, DBT, all the acronyms are useful parts of therapy, but what you really need is a really good in-depth psychoanalytic psychotherapy where you can project all your mother stuff onto the therapist and work through it in the therapy. That's how we heal. What are the positive aspects that you have inherited from your mother? So practice a sense of gratitude for these and towards your mother too. Now, I know that's tricky and that is not instead of being with your anger, rage, sadness, pain, it's in addition to that. And that may take some time to get to that. So don't sort of feel like you need to start out there or anything, um, but, but it is something you will need to do. What are the negative messages that you've received from your mother? So practice empathy and compassion for yourself first and foremost, and then for your mother too, because she's also suffered. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to tolerate her being negative towards you. It just means that you, you can set boundaries around that, but most likely mum suffered too. So remember that your mother is a daughter too. She has also struggled or is struggling just like you. And again, that's not at the expense of your own work there around that. So work on being assertive and learn how to set boundaries with your mother. And she's not going to like it, especially if you get sort of engulfing, smothering mothers. The last thing they like is boundary setting. So it might take a bit of practice. Release any anger that has been turned inwards or outwards. So you really want to be working on your anger and finding your voice. So underlying anger is almost always pain. Listen to that quiet voice inside and practice self-compassion towards yourself. Your search for wholeness and happiness must begin inside. So it is a cliche, but healing happens when we learn to love and accept ourselves unconditionally. To keep returning to mother or anyone else, for example, a relationship, for acceptance, approval, compassion, kindness or love, when mother has proven to be emotionally unavailable will only set you up for more disappointment and this often deepens the wound. And that's the same. Our mothers probably 
projected all, all over the place in your life. Your husband might be your mother. Your boss might become your mother. Your best friend, your mother. It doesn't matter where the projection's gone. We typically end up choosing emotionally unavailable people, which mirrors our early experience of emotional unavailability. So if you're surrounded by people like that in your life, it's time to get into therapy and work through how you can begin to emotionally meet your own needs, your emotional needs. And finally, aging and becoming a mother often helps. Look, it can either help heal old wounds or it can bring old wounds up. So when you become a mother, it's common to get in touch with a huge sense of either rage or empathy as you realise just how tough mothering can be. And look, when I've done mother-daughter soul sessions, I do a weekend sort of mini retreat for mothers and daughters. Most often people say they could have more empathy for their mum once they became a mother themselves. But I, I have also had um, quite a few people say that they actually rage, like, how could you actually have treated me like this? So it can go either way with that. And just to note, it's important that we don't get caught in blaming or demonising mothers. So there's just as many complexities with the father-daughter relationship. And notice that I don't use the term narcissistic mother. The reason for this is because at the core, mother is a human being also. At the core, whole and unbroken, she herself has more than likely suffered with trauma and narcissistic wounding. And the narcissistic mother is only part of who she, she is Admittedly, though, she's probably really identified with that. That's kind of become her being as a mother. But in saying all this as mothers, we do need to recognise the profound impact that our wounding and parenting style has on our daughter's sense of self and her ongoing somatic, relational, emotional, psychological, social and spiritual health and wellbeing. So look, what I did for Mother's Day last year, I think it was, yeah, last year, I wrote a list of over 50 movies and TV series, so on uh, Binge, Netflix, Disney, and that highlight the mother-daughter relationship. So movies can uh, often open our eyes to new solutions to any number of difficulties, and they can provide many therapeutic benefits in addition to the entertainment that they bring. They might offer hope provide role models and reframe problems. Film characters may also serve to exemplify different issues that we face. So I'm going to link to the list in the show notes. I hope these are useful to help you understand your own relationship with your mother or your daughter. So this is the penultimate episode of the Soul Sessions with Jodie Girl podcast. Next week, I talk about the inner child, which is ultimately how we heal these early childhood relationships. I have some exciting courses for women around the inner child and training for therapists to learn how to work at depth with the inner child and other subpersonalities. So some of the things we've talked about in this episode, like people pleasing, the perfectionist, the rebel, these are all identities that we become as a way of protecting that wounded child from that narcissistic wound. Okay, look, I hope you found that useful. So for the show notes, go to thesoulcenter.online forward slash soul sessions, mother-daughter relationship. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Soul Sessions podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. To learn more about how you can befriend your body, feelings, mind and soul, get Jodie's free 65-page ebook at thesoulcenter.online. Until next time.